Sleep. The Australian Model Criminal Code Committee states the law as follows. At the minimum there needs to be some operation of the will before a physical movement is described as an act. The physical movements of a person who is asleep, for example, probably should not be regarded as acts at all, and certainly should not be regarded as acts for the purposes of criminal responsibility. These propositions are embodied in the rule that people are not held responsible for involuntary acts, that is, physical movements which occur without their being able to perform that act. This situation is usually referred to as automatism. In the U.S., People v. Huey Newton, 1970, holds that unconsciousness, when not self-induced, say, as by voluntary intoxication, is a complete defense to a criminal act even though the defendant's acts seem very goal-oriented. The medical evidence was that gunshot wound which penetrates in a body cavity, the abdominal cavity or the thoracic cavity is very likely to produce a profound reflex shock reaction, that is quite different from a gunshot wound which penetrates only skin and muscle and it is not at all uncommon for a person shot in the abdomen to lose consciousness and go into this reflex shock condition for short periods of time up to half an hour or so. But the reflexive activity or unconsciousness need not cause physical collapse, it can exist where the subject physically acts in fact, but is not at the time conscious of acting, CF some European continental jurisdictions classify conduct resulting from automatism under the rubric of unconsciousness. In R. V. Cogdon, 1950, unreported but noted in Morris, Somnambulistic Homicide, Ghosts, Spiders and North Koreans, 1951, the defendant struck her daughter on the head with an axe while sleepwalking and dreaming about North Koreans. Her movements were not voluntary, so she was acquitted. This interpretation of automatism is consistent with Lord Denning's dicta in Brady v. Attorney General for Northern Ireland, 1963. No act is punishable if it is done involuntarily, and an involuntary act in this context, some people nowadays prefer to speak of it as automatism means an act which is done by the muscles without any control by the mind, such as a spasm, a reflex action or a convulsion, or an act done by a person who is not conscious of what he is doing such as an act done while suffering from a concussion or while sleepwalking. Situations involving hypnotism, concussion, and sleepwalking may involve apparently deliberate and purposeful conduct. In fact this is the case for many situations where the defense of automatism is presented, spasms or reflex actions are rarely likely to be perceived as criminally liable acts. As for sleepwalking itself, the Canadian case of RV Parks exemplifies a certain judicial willingness to regard a sleepwalker as behaving as an automaton even though he had performed apparently goal-directed acts. The accused fell asleep in his living room. A few hours later he got up and drove 23 kilometers to his in-law's home. Still asleep, he entered the house, found a knife in the kitchen and went to the bedroom where his in-laws were sleeping. He strangled and cut his father-in-law, who survived the attack. The mother-in-law died from the repeated stab wounds and the brutal beating. The medical experts at trial unanimously agreed that the accused was sleepwalking and that sleepwalking was not a disease of mind. The Supreme Court agreed and held that sleepwalking can negate the voluntary ingredient of the actus reuse. There is widespread disagreement among forensic sleep experts that Kenneth Parks was in fact sleepwalking, it is not entirely clear the reason why the prosecution did not call its own experts on sleepwalking one explanation being frank disbelief that the defense could succeed. The point made in these cases is that the key component of the two categories of cases identified by Lord Denning and Brady is a defendant's inability to control their behavior and not the way in which loss or impairment of the conscious or deliberative functions of the mind arises. Similarly, 
Under the Swedish Penal Code, acts during sleep and unconsciousness, reflex movements, spasms and convulsions, as well as acts performed under physical force or hypnosis are generally not punishable. Moreover, omissions caused by sleep, weakness, physical numbness or anesthesia are generally not blameworthy. The issue is whether the accused had the ability to control the behavior, including taking early precautions to avoid loss of control. But, in English law, the ruling in R. V. Sullivan, 1984, AC 156 held that, for the purposes of the Mitten rules, a disease of the mind need have no permanence, leading many academics to suggest that sleepwalkers might well be found to be suffering from a disease of the mind with internal causes unless there was clear evidence of an external causal factor. In R. V. Burgess the Court of Appeal ruled that the defendant who wounded a woman by hitting her with a video recorder while sleepwalking, was insane under the Mitten rules. Lord Lane said, We accept that sleep is a normal condition, but the evidence in the instant case indicates that sleepwalking, and particularly violence in sleep, is not normal. Overall, this emphasis on control rather than consciousness is supported by clinical science. Michael Coles says, On the basis of the available knowledge of human behavior, it may be suggested that many of the crimes the courts have decided were committed in an automatistic state, that is, in the absence of conscious, volitional control, or while the mind was a total blank, actually may have occurred in a state of diminished consciousness, with the diminished consciousness resulting in the diminished conscious control of behavior. In other words, the individual becomes disinhibited, and behavior that the individual would otherwise be able to, contain, gains expression. Insanity. A discussion of the relationship between automatism and insanity and internal and external factors is in Mitten Rules. The internal-external divide is a doctrine of English law, but not followed in Canada for example, hence Park's acquittal. Drunkenness. Voluntary intoxication is not automatism. Involuntary intoxication can constitute automatism. This was the decision in R. V. Hardy, although this decision may have been the result of judicial misunderstanding of the effects of diazepam. However, in Kingston, a man with normally controlled pedophiliac urges succumbed to them after being drugged unknowingly for blackmail purposes, he was found still able to form the mens rea for indecent assault. This decision has been much criticized by jurists. Provocation To constitute a provocation, there must be a sudden and unexpected loss of control as a result of things said or done but the accused is still capable of activity which is sufficiently directed to cause the death of another. Hence, there is insufficient loss of control to constitute automatism for example as in the Canadian case of Bert Thomas Stone v. R., 1999. Provocation is only a partial defense, a concession to human frailty, and not a complete defense like automatism.